With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome back into Pucks in Deep. On today's episode, we have a very special guest joining us, former attendee for the Mercyhurst Lakers and current Anaheim Ducks prospect, this guy spends more time in the box than Roddy Rich, the one, the only, Garrett Metcalf. Garrett, thanks for joining the show. Yeah, thanks for having me on. Hey, pleasure having you here. And, you know, I think we just got to jump right into it. Uh, you know, what happened last game of the season for you guys? I'll set the scene for our listeners that don't know the story. Uh, but you guys are playing an elimination game against Air Force. You know, you're just getting bombarded with shots all game. I think you had like 44 saves at the end. And then third period, you know, under two minutes left. What happens, Garrett? Um, so there's a little bit of a story to it. So two weekends oh, yeah. before that uh, playoff game, uh, there was a uh, – we were playing Canisius at home, and they had a 2-on-0, and I ended up making a backdoor save, and our defenseman got it and uh, turned it over, and they ended up scoring. So I was mad and shot the puck. Well, almost hit one of the Canisius players in the, the head, and the ref was <laughs> like, listen, hey, you can't do that. And I'm like, you're right. You know, that was wrong. Um it won't happen again. Well, we had the same refs for the first round of playoffs. <laughs> and during that second game, there was like two minutes left. And we were already losing four to one. And we didn't score a ton of goals last year um, as it was. So I kind of had a feeling that, uh, you know, our season was pretty much over. And we went to rim the puck out of the zone. It hit the ref's foot and went right, right in the slot. And, of course, no one uh, on my team is there except for an Air Force player. And he he walks right down Broadway and just rips me. And at that point, I was kind of only concerned with my save percentage. I know that sounds messed up, but it was yeah. the end of the year, and it I happens. wanted to finish with a 9-10. And uh, so he scores, rips me, and I shot the puck down the ice and just started, uh, mind my language, motherfucking the ref. And uh, <laughs> he freaked out, obviously, and put me in the box and gave me a 10-minute misconduct, so. That's what it was. I thought you like shot it out. It just says like delay a game. Well, that's even better because yeah. now now I'm happy and that's a great. We have a pretty that's common, a way to go out. Common they, uh, theme of fuck stripes here, <laughs> and just another instance, man. That's tough. Yeah, they were tweeting out and there were news articles saying I shot the puck in the stands, which didn't happen. But funny enough, the night before they scored uh, to win it, it was like two to one. I think they scored late in the game, and it was kind of a similar scenario. And my roommate, one of our captains, Brendan Riley, actually grabbed the puck and threw it out into the stands. And uh, as one does, he, he didn't hit anybody. Uh, thank goodness. But our coach actually uh, didn't dress him for the second Probably. night's game because the refs uh, got in so much trouble for what he did. Like one of the fans was tweeting, like, you almost hit my kids and like all this stuff. So I think they got the stories a little mixed up. That's yeah. Brutal. Keyword almost. Nobody got yeah. hurt. No one got hurt. Yeah. <laughs> Wow, that's, that's a story. And... Yeah, I'm, I'm glad I didn't go, because literally I was going through all the articles, and they all said that you shot it out of the ring, so that's that's effed up. Fake, fake news. Fake news, yeah. man. You heard it here. You did go viral, though. I mean, how cool is that? <laughs> I just didn't expect it to. Uh, one of my buddies was like, hey, you should like tweet this out. Like, It's funny. He actually sent it over uh, Snapchat, Johnny Lazarus, Okay. and I was like, send me this video, and I just tweeted it out, and then I think it was Paul Bizonette ended up retweeting it, and so obviously it got to a bunch of people and everyone thought it was pretty funny so oh it was great yeah it worked out what what was your thoughts you know just as you sit in the penalty box to end you know your career there at Mercyhurst you know just I mean that's adversity as it is but like was it was it comfortable in there I mean attendees don't spend too much time in the box <laughs> I just didn't even know what was happening he was like you're going in the penalty box and I'm like what the hell are you talking about <laughs> like this this isn't possible like, no we got and, guys uh, for that to be honest with you my teammate was on the end of the uh the bench Oh. And if he wasn't right there, I was breaking my stick. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If I wasn't going to hit him, my stick was going to be in half. So, <laughs> and then I got in there and I just kind of sat down and it was just kind of funny. Like just, I mean, obviously maybe not the best way, but what a way to end your college career or 
at least at Mercier said my college career. And that's, that's, that's gonna be a story to tell your kids one day too. You know, that's, that's great. Yeah, Going down sure. swinging. Absolutely. Um, you know, another game I got to talk about, you know, as you mentioned, the season didn't really go as planned for Mercyhurst, but like just going back to the schedule, I got to ask about AIC weekend because I remember talking about it on the pod even. Uh, you guys go to AIC, I believe it was an away series, and then the first game you didn't even play, they drop a 12-burger on you guys, and then you come back the next night and win 4-3 in OT. You know, what What was that weekend like, and was that kind of just, you know, does that perfectly describe how the season went, just like just chaotic and by the way why didn't you start that game one i was just like what's going Um, on so first off i didn't start that night because we had played ohio state the weekend before Mm. um and i actually hurt my groin so the the season before i had bilateral hip surgery so ever since then i've kind of had like hip and groin problems and uh i was fortunate this last year it didn't really bug me too bad but we played ohio state the first night i ended up retweaking my groin and that was the weekend before aic or maybe two weekends before so I was still hurting, um, and I was actually on the bench when we lost twelve nothing or whatever it was, and it was just—I uh, mean, it was just so bad. It was just so hard to be a part of, and obviously, when you when you're not playing, you can't contribute to the team. And right. so I was just trying to be the best teammate I possibly could, like keep guys motivated. But at some point, like you kind of snap, like wake the yeah. wake the hell up here, you know, like. It's not going to get any better, and we're the only ones that can change it. Yep. Um, but I think. I honestly was hurt the next night too, but my coaches wanted me to play. Um, and then I think that the guys were just so embarrassed with what had happened. I don't know if there was ever a college hockey game where someone had lost by 12 goals Yeah. and give credit to AIC because they were a very good team. They have been a very good team for the last couple of years, but mm-hmm. we were, we were dog shit <laughs> on top of them being very good. Like they looked like the Boston Bruins against some peewee double eight. <laughs> Yeah. Is they just ran our show. So I think the next night the guys were just really motivated and just didn't want, you know, to be embarrassed. And they stood up and, um, you know, played much better the second night and gave gave me some help. Yeah, I mean, that was just a gritty. I remember talking about it, just looking back. I was like, there's 12. And then we were looking for, like, our three stars of the week. And I was like, holy shit, they lost the next night. <laughs> like, what a response. Yeah. Like, that is crazy. I can't. And then I looked at the box scores. And I was like, all right, our boy Garrett wasn't even there for the first one. Or like you were, but. Thank God. Yeah. They were going to throw me in at one point. And they knew I was hurt. And then they talked to me after the game. They're like, we know, like, your groin isn't feeling the best, but are you good to go tomorrow? I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm ready to play. So obviously I ended up working out with me once. So that's good. Yeah, that's gritty. I love it. Yeah, that's a great story. Just coming back from a deficit like that, I mean, you know, yeah. the next night to doesn't win. doesn't happen too often. No. The Lakers had the. Seventh fewest goal scored the season sixty eight, but was there any thought of you skating out a bit to switch things up? <laughs> <laughs> it was funny because our uh, head coach Rick Gawkett, after some of the games, I'd be getting on the bus and um, he had five wins this season, and I was a part of four of them. I would just try to do my part, and obviously, as you mentioned, we didn't score a whole lot of goals, but I would get on the bus, and our head coach would look at me and say, "Garrett, can you score any goals?" <laughs> and I told him I, I'm not the best skater, but uh, I've got a decent one-timer, so if you put me on the power play, then maybe I can help out. <laughs> yeah, I like that. Or just maybe instead of skating to the bench for the extra man, you become the extra man. Just feed yeah, you up top, would, you know? Been, Give the point spot. Yeah, why not? Ugh. That could have worked out. Uh, another thing we got to talk about is your podcast. You know, it's called Ad- Adversity University, which is probably the second grittiest name we've heard. <laughs> second only to Pucks in Deep, of course. <laughs> Uh, you know, what do you guys talk about on your podcast? You know, what's your favorite thing about co-hosting that pod? Yeah, so me and my roommate, who I live with now, Sean Giles, he just graduated from Robert Morris. Uh, we just had a great idea of, I mean, I, we were in quarantine, and uh, and initially we didn't really want to do a podcast. We wanted to do kind of a YouTube Zoom series, but yeah, I feel like it's easier for people to listen to a podcast versus watching, uh, you know, a video. Yeah, it's hard on but, YouTube, yeah. Yeah, yeah so University, we just uh, we interview highly successful athletes or highly successful people mm-hmm. um, who've reached the peak of their profession, and we just talk about the obstacles that they've had to overcome to you know get to that point in their life. Because I think no matter who you are, no matter what profession you go in, there's always peaks and valleys that you go through. And I think in society nowadays, that with social media, it's always about the best stuff. Like no one's posting on Instagram that they got fired from their job or failed a class or got cut from a team or whatever it is so i think it's important to show more specifically younger generations but i think it's applicable to everyone that you know even the most successful people in the world go through these tough times and it's really just 
pushing through them and, uh, you know, either finding a different route or finding a way to uh, get through that adversity. So it's been really a great experience. And uh, as you guys know, podcasts are kind of slow moving when gaining a following. Yeah. But for now, I mean, we're, we're learning great life lessons through, you know, people and situations we never would have learned life or or learned those lessons through. So at least for now, you know, we've got a a decent audience, but we're learning a lot and we're really enjoying what we're doing. So, yeah, I love what you guys got going over there. And just like the premise, like you said, like everybody talks about the end result, you know, especially with big time athletes, they don't talk about all the work that, you know, took to get them there, what they had overcome. So I saw you guys had an Olympian on, I think, too. Like, yeah, we had Derek Parra, who uh, won an Olympic gold in 2002. We had Alex uh, Rigsby Cavallini. Um, she played for the Olympic U.S. women's team. She also won a gold medal. Uh, we're God. actually dropping a Navy SEAL on Monday. Um, so what? we've had some pretty good guests come on. Yeah, I so thought our really guests excited. were good. <laughs> yeah, Garrett, can you score some goals for us, man? <laughs> come on. I, I, I wish. <laughs> That that is pretty sweet though, man. And yeah, uh, we'll definitely plug your pod again at the end of the episode too, because you know, just love what you guys are doing over there. And we know the absolutely know the grind of starting a podcast. It's uh, yeah, no, we appreciate any, any uh, support you guys are gonna give. Absolutely, we got you, man. Uh, and you know, let's talk a little bit more about the uh, adversity that you've dealt with. You know, even in your college career, starting at UMass, uh, going to Mercyhurst, and then you know, you just throw in bilateral hip surgery like it's nothing. <laughs> Uh, you know, I'm sure that's got to be tough on a goalie and just, uh, you know, rehabbing, getting you back to, you know, close to 100% even to be playing and wearing about a thousand shots this season, you know. Yeah. The hardest part was it was during my redshirt year and my plan for my redshirt year was just to get as strong as I possibly could in the best shape. Mm-hmm. So I was doing different workouts and all the guys, obviously, because I wasn't playing games. Um, and then I went home for Christmas break and my hips really bugged me. I couldn't sleep very well. Um, and I ended up getting an MRI when I came back from Christmas break and found out I had to have this bilateral hip surgery. So I feel like I worked so hard for nothing because I was literally a vegetable for six months. Yeah. They Uh, did, uh, one hip and then six weeks later we did the other hip. (laughs) So that was the hardest part. And then coming back that next season, like you think you're so ready in such great shape and, um, you guys can go back and look, but we played Bowling Green the first game back, and I told my coaches I was ready. I was not. Like, after the second period, I couldn't even fucking breathe. Like, it, it was bad. I was not in great shape. Um, so that was a real struggle. And then, you know, obviously transferring from Hockey East to the Atlantic, obviously both great leagues, but Hockey East a little bit more uh, well-known. Yeah, um, for sure. Th- I mean, that was hard in itself, too. So, but... Not many people know, and it hasn't been confirmed yet. I have to be deemed eligible by the NCAA, but if everything works out, I'll actually be getting my master's degree and uh, using my last year of eligibility at Michigan Tech. So hopefully Whoa. everything works out and be Whoa. really excited about that. Breaking news. I like, yeah. At least I haven't heard that. That's awesome. It's not a, not yes. official yet, so okay. still waiting to hear back from them. So hopefully the NCAA is all right with that. Oh. Hopefully they do their jobs, you know, knock on wood. That'd be sweet. I'd be really excited about that opportunity for sure. Man, congrats to you for that. That's, that's huge. And if you, that does come true, I mean, you're playing in front of one of the best fan bases in college hockey too, I think. So that's what I've heard. Yeah. I've heard it's nuts there. So their band is just, it's nuts. Well, and hopefully you don't have to have that same refing crew, you know, (laughs) only Atlantic. So you don't even have to deal with those guys anymore. It's funny because that was the end of, uh, the series and they were staying in the same hotel so i saw them after the game and we were <laughs> we were shooting the shit a little bit after and they were like man i told you two weeks ago like not to do it and you did it again you done did it <laughs> that's tough but yeah hopefully that, that would be the best ending of stories one more year at michigan tech and i mean we're going there next yeah. season so yeah we plan to go to list. michigan so oh man. nice well if you guys are out you have to shoot me a message and maybe we can link up absolutely yeah, uh, that's happening. Yeah, done. Uh, what do you got here, James? I mean, we- let's 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 go to the draft here. 2015, yeah. you're drafted by the Ducks. Um, talk about that. What that was like? It was just it was a whirlwind because before I even went to the USHL, I played 18 AAA. Okay. Um, actually, with Sean, the kid who started the podcast with and who I currently live and train with, and uh, I was the backup on the U18 AAA team. I I think I played maybe 12 games. Um, I would just try to be the best teammate I possibly could. It was funny because by the end of the year, my nickname was Coach G. Um, <laughs> just be on the bench and just be a great, great guy and just hopefully an asset to them. And 
I just didn't want to be the, the guy that stood on the end of the bench and was just, you know, complaining and moaned that he wasn't playing. I wanted to be there for my teammates and show them that I cared about our success as a team as a whole. Hmm. Um, the glue guy. And then I ended up going to Madison for uh, just a tryout. My plan was to just get my name out there and go back and be the guy on the U18 AAA team for my second year. And I ended up making the 30-man roster and went back and made the team. And I was supposed to games that year uh committed to umass all halfway through and then you know the draft came around and i had talked to a few teams and my coach had told me a few other teams had, had reached out to him and i talked to my dad about potentially going to the draft and i just said if i'm going to go it's probably going to be in a later round if i go at all so i didn't want to go to the draft and, and not get drafted so yeah, i was actually tough. in um, pittsburgh working with my goalie coach shane clifford and there was another kid cam gornett who was training with us he he went to harvard and he was coloring in a coloring book, and I was watching the draft on TV, and uh, I had to refresh my phone because, as you guys know, on the draft, they show all the media of the first rounders getting interviewed and stuff. And yeah, the draft currently is going around in little boxes on the bottom. So I just kept refreshing it on my phone, and my advisor called, and I'm like, "Norris, what are you doing? Like, I'm watching the draft. Leave me alone." <laughs> and I answered. I was busy. like, "What's up?" He's like, "You know what happened?" I was like, "No, what?" He was like, "You were just drafted by." by Anaheim and I was like no way and then after we we hung up I I saw it on the phone and today I honestly don't know if it's really hit me like the magnitude of what happened and uh I'm very humbled and honored to be drafted by Anaheim what a great organization but at the end of the day I'm still playing college hockey and I haven't signed with them uh yet so to me it doesn't mean anything quite yet um but Mm -hmm. still a very humbling and cool experience for sure yeah, definitely just get recognized, and you know it sounds like uh, uh, adversity. University just yeah, well rings true for you. Congrats, like you congrats! By the way, that's awesome. Yeah, honor. thank you guys very much. I mean, getting to go to development camp every every year is really cool. It's just crazy because there was guys that even my first year that I I went to camp with, and uh, you know we're we're friends with at the camp that now are big time guys in the NHL. Brandon Montour, Marcus Peterson, uh, Shay Theodore. Damn. Like all these guys, and they're just normal dudes, you know, yep. pretty much the same age as you. Yep. It's funny because Marcus Peterson is a defenseman for the Pittsburgh Penguins now. We were we were uh, rack partners in the gym, and <laughs> I'm a goalie, so I'm not that strong anyways, but we were both just twigs, and then you look at him now and just such a powerful and strong <laughs> defenseman in the league. Yeah, just, it's built. Maybe you showed him a thing or two, you know, how, how to squat like a tendy. <laughs> Yeah. I don't know about that, but <laughs> yeah. it's still awesome to see his success. Yeah, for sure. Um, another question we, that we ask all attendees is, you know, just uh, why did you choose the position? Are you crazy? You know, how? what was it that got you to get in the net for the first time and, you know, really fall in love with it? Well, to go back to your <laughs> are you crazy thing, yeah. <laughs> I think if you're a goalie, you're already kind of on the spectrum of craziness. A little yeah, bit, for um, sure. But from most of my friends and teammates that I've been with, they say that I'm pretty normal for a goalie, so I take pride in that. <laughs> but I was born in uh, Roy, Utah. My dad refed professional hockey for 29 years. So I grew up around the game. I was always going to games with him, me and my older brother, Skyler. And uh, my brother was a player. And when I was younger, he was sick of shooting on the empty net. So, And I didn't have goalie pads. So he went inside, grabbed pillows off my parents in his bed, <laughs> taped them to my legs, put one on my chest, two on my arms, gave me a baseball glove, gave me one of his gloves as a blocker, and put his player helmet on me and said, stand in front of the net. <laughs> so I, I mean, I didn't have a choice. He was my older brother. If I didn't do it, he was probably going to beat me up. So I just listened and finally got my first set of pads when I was probably, I don't know, six or eight years old. I remember it. I was down in Phoenix, Arizona at one of my brother's hockey tournaments, and my dad was cheap at the time, so I found goalie gear on sale and put it on, and I was walking around the store, and he's like, put that back. And I'm like, Dad, it's on sale. Yeah. <laughs> he, ended up, he ended up buying it for me, and I don't think I ever looked back. I mean, you can't fight a bargain like that. But your, fir- yeah, your first no setup kidding. ever, though, now looking Just back I at it. I remember when they were blue and black uh, street hockey pads. They were Milex. Milex. And I was wearing, Never heard I was of wearing them when my brother's team was playing shinny in the hotel. Pretty unfair, <laughs> but what are you going to do? <laughs> Sounds like a good trip for you, though. And I love that you got your start with just taping on pillows. I mean, that's that's the American dream right there. Yeah. <laughs> I'll so keep... i got to thank my brother, I guess. Yeah, that's true. Absolutely. Yeah, he put you in the position to succeed. He forced you yeah, in yeah, the position yeah. to succeed. 
<laughs> Take it like a man. He's like, I'm five, dude. Let's, let's keep on equipment here. Talk about your mask. and I don't know who designs your mask, but it just they're insane. They're so cool. Yeah, so Franny Drummond that's uh, over at Paint Do, he, uh, he's been painting my helmets for the last five or six years. He paints uh, Carter Hearts, a lot of the Philadelphia Flyer guys. Um, and what usually happens is I send him some of the stuff I want on there, and he has such an artistic talent that I let him kind of take his own spin on it. So I think, I don't know if you guys have seen it, but that, the one I had at Mercer's is probably the coolest one I've ever had. Yet. Yeah, that's the one I was talking about for sure. Oh, yeah. That's what I saw on this. Yeah. And there's not a ton of logos at Mercyhurst, and uh, if there was, there was already goalies in the past that have used the logos, you know, in all ways they possibly can. So I wanted to be different. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm Catholic, and, and Mercyhurst is a Catholic school. Same. So I went with two saints on both sides. I sent them the saints, and I always go with my nickname, Medi, on the chin, and I get Melman from Madagascar on the back plate because when I played uh, U15 AAA, I was just really tall and skinny, and kids call me melman or draft um so that's always on the back plate but Love that. he took a whole different turn with it and he went with a stained glass theme and it i think it turned out absolutely unbelievable he did such a good job absolutely he added some uh four leaf or three leaf clovers in there too just little details that you really have to look at the mask up close to appreciate but he's done an absolutely unbelievable job and is a great painter yeah, I mean, it, it stands out compared to most college hockey attendees. Like, I saw that, and I was like, who who the hell did yeah. this? Yeah, <laughs> probably my favorite one. He did one in Madison with kid, little kids playing pond hockey in the top. Like, oh. I don't know how he does this ridiculous detail. But, well, you better um, hit him up for a Michigan Tech one, then. Knock on wood. Yeah, I know knock I'm on trying to. I, I know they have a painter already, so I'm trying to find if he's in a budget or whatnot because he just does an unbelievable job. Yeah. Oh, cool. I like Appreciate that. Yeah, there. that's a good story to hear about it. Um, you know, another question I like to ask attendees is, you know, obviously you might still have that or hopefully have that next coming year, but you know, so far, who would you say has the hardest shot to face in a game? You know, whether if it's just speed or just like tough to read, uh, coming at oh, you there. Geez. That's tough. That's tough. There's so many. I, I know. And it's probably painful memories to think about, <laughs> but you're the worst. Oh, that's I a gotta really know. hard question to answer. Okay. okay. Um, to be honest, if I think back of the you know the three years that I have played so far, yeah, and I, this is probably a bad answer just because these two are obviously really good. But it was when I played at UMass Lowell and we were playing Northeastern and Dylan Secura and Goddat were just absolutely disgusting, yeah. like, <laughs> just unbelievable. And then if I think back to that team, guys that I had to play against, CJ Smith was really good. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I didn't play a whole lot of games when I was a UMass Bowl, but I would say of my three years of playing college hockey, it'd have to be Dylan Secure or Goddard. There we go. Those Another are, both. Those <laughs> are good level. answers. Yep. Yeah, guys that you don't want to see coming down. What would you say uh, in college hockey, you know, played in two different conferences, what was your favorite uh, arena to play at? That's a good question. Or that you have played at? If I were going to say in the Atlantic, and granted I've heard that RIT is pretty top-notch in the Atlantic, but I unfortunately never played there. We played this year, and I had a concussion when we went there, but uh, Bentley has a very nice new rig, too. It's a little bit smaller, but yeah. uh, it's good the because they don't get in, in the Atlantic in general. I don't think we get a ton of fans, so they pack it, and it just makes for a great atmosphere. It's kind of like a, um, an Omaha uh, USHL rig. Okay, yeah. Um, a little bit nicer, but... Uh, or nicer but a little bit smaller but it's really great and then to be honest with you I, I mean this sounds kind of biased but I think the Sanga Center at UMass Lowell is a pretty top notch place to play too what a what a great rink it's newer the student section's absolutely fantastic they're just wild um, so it makes for a good time but yeah, if we're talking niceness, if you're talking craziness, I'd probably have to say Maine, man. Those guys are yeah. <laughs> absolutely ruthless. The student section sits right over the away goalie. And you're just getting ripped, found, yeah, Alphon. <laughs> they found chance of our starting goalie, Tyler Wall, like his parents' names and like oh. every personal information. Man, that's what college hockey's about, though. That's <laughs> They we, do the homework. We need that everywhere. Could you yeah. imagine if Eddie Rink had that? I've never seen it that ruthless in my life. <laughs> <laughs> That's yeah. great. I've not been to Maine, there. but I'm going there for sure. You gotta Maine and, and UMass. That's, that's yeah. got to be on our absolutely on our list coming up here after Michigan Tech. You know, of course, you got to get out to Tech. Um, tying into your favorites, what's your favorite uh, college hockey memory? Would you say favorite college hockey memory? Yep. 
Um, I mean, it's hard to beat winning the Hockey's Championship. Um, at UMass Lowell, our first year, we beat Notre Dame in the championship game. Um, I'm a little bitter about it because I still haven't gotten my Hockey's Championship ring. Um, <laughs> and I actually up. wasn't dressed that game, but still, just what a, what a great experience. We played at uh, TD Garden, and boys played absolutely unbelievable. And just what a great thing to be a part of, whether you're playing or not. Just know that you helped in any way you possibly get for your team to get there. And uh, at Mercyhurst, I would have to say this year, our first game of the year, we went down to Arizona State, and they were ranked like 20 at the start of the year. First game of the year, we ended up beating them 3-2. to two And <laughs> I thought we were going to win the national championship. I was like, our <laughs> team is so good. Like, at least we're going to win the Atlantic. And then obviously disappointed without the season went. But, man, what a hot start we had. I saw that, like, going back through the stats. I was like, holy crap. It <laughs> came out hot. Took him down, yeah. And, it, like, shots weren't that far off either, both sides. Yeah, I mean. it was actually a lot closer than I was expecting. And then the next night was very similar, but to be honest, I think the refs kind of screwed us. They called some BS calls against us and didn't call a ton against them. And, and they ended up winning, and we split, so I was happy. But Yeah, uh, that's tough. I did see the second night was close, but I was wondering how that went down. Freaking stripes, man. That's the that's the theme so far. <laughs> Adversity. You know, other than your dad, who I'm sure was a, a lot better ref than Atlantic refs. But because <laughs> growing up, there was always signs of people with you know with the Steve Metcalf sign with a ref's head stuck in his ass, <laughs> you know, his head out of his ass, and I'm like a five year old, like, hey, like that's my dad. <laughs> <laughs> Just watch it, buddy. Oh, that's gold. Funny. Uh, pre-game playlist. What you got going through the headphones or in the room? Uh, so I used to be weird. I'm kind of a, I wouldn't say like EDM, like hardcore, but more like a mix of house and EDM type of stuff. Okay. And I used to have one set playlist and it kind of gets old when you listen to the same music all the time. So throughout this year, actually, like I had a rap playlist. Um, this is going to sound weird, but I even had a country playlist. I wouldn't really listen to country <laughs> that close to the game, but like if we were on the bus and I was feeling country, I would just play country or I had a rock playlist, Linkin Park, Paramore, stuff like that. So I really try to switch it up. I don't really limit it anymore to what I listen to just because I get sick of the same songs over and over and over. I like that. I mean, yeah, you got to switch it up, you know, maybe try to get out of a slump. You just got to go to a completely different genre, rock out some country. We've had a few country guys on the pod so oh, yeah. far, though. I mean, you're not alone on that one. But uh, I just feel like whatever mood I'm in, you know, like I'm not going to force myself to listen to something different, like... I prepare the same way for this for games all the time. I have the same routine, so I don't really think it matters what what songs I listen to. True. Yeah. What do you have? Any crazy, you know, things that have to happen before you skate out on the ice? Any rituals? Yeah. Any rituals you want to uh, mention? Here? Not typically. I wouldn't say uh, it's a ritual. More of like a routine. But I go through like the same stretching. I have a hypervolt that I use before a game. Mm-hmm. Um, I make sure I do the same warm up. That's more kind of for my hips, to be honest with you, because, yeah, I'm 24, but after that bilateral hip surgery, it's a little bit different. I feel like an old man kind of sometimes, (laughs) so I have to make sure I'm taking care of my body, but the only thing that I'm really quirky about is I have to put everything on my left side on first, but I feel like now it's such a, you know, I've done it so many times, it's more of a routine and a habit. I don't even think about it. It's natural now, yeah. Uh, You got another question for him, though, or no? Yeah, uh, you know, another thing we like to ask, uh, well, all players, but especially, you know, goalies, you know, what's, and growing up in Utah, you know, that's obviously not uh, a place where you see a lot of uh, D1 hockey players coming out of in general, you know, what piece of advice would you give to young goalies striving to, you know, play Division One hockey and uh, make it to where you've made it so far? I love this question, and it's one that we ask our guests on Adversity University, and we try to switch oh, yeah. it up so where it's not practiced the same exact way. Yeah. Um, and we've gotten some great answers. But for me personally, after listening to a lot of these stories, to be honest with you, I I really believe that no matter what you set your mind to, you can accomplish it. But like it's really what you're willing to sacrifice. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, True. as you guys know, and a lot of people know in the sports world, like I moved away from home when I was 15 years old. So I sacrificed my social life. And you know, I sacrificed going to school with the kids that I grew up with and all my buddies I played football with. Um, and it, that wasn't easy for my parents either. I had to have very supportive parents who were willing to see this dream that I had too. Um, but a lot of it is just finding ways to, to get better, you know, in the weight room constantly, 
working on getting stronger, more flexible and on the ice doing what you can. But my biggest piece of advice for, you know, younger generations of anybody is be willing to find something that you love so much that you'll sacrifice anything to get it. I love that. That's well, goosebumps. And, and that, that, that's that audio for the Instagram post right there, yeah. folks. <laughs> we got a lot to choose from. I mean, this guy was taping pillows was, to him uh, at five. But. That's true. It was it was really when I listened to Derek Parra talk, and he was the Olympian we were talking about earlier. Yep. And he talked about when he was training for the Olympics, he worked at McDonald's. And when they would change from breakfast to lunch, they'd have to take the leftover breakfast that wasn't sold, and they'd throw it away. And he would put that in a garbage bag and he would double knot it so I knew which garbage bags they were. And he'd bring it outside. And whenever he would have time, he'd go back outside behind the store in the dumpster, find the bags with two knots on them, open them up and eat the food because he was so poor that he couldn't eat. Or he, he couldn't buy food. Damn. That's... While he was training for the Olympics. Yes. He was eating out of the garbage at McDonald's. Oh my! And, and and then he also worked at Home Depot. He would train. He'd go work at Home Depot. He'd go back and train. The guy was up at six in the morning. He wouldn't get home till ten thirty. And like kids nowadays are like, yeah, I have to train. I can't get a job. Or like, I work a job. I can't train. It's like if that guy found zero excuses to find a way to to win an Olympic gold, like, yeah, you shouldn't have any excuse either. And if you do, you don't want what you say you want as bad as you think you do. Facts. That's I very true. It. I got chills right now. <laughs> I don't like it. I mean, let's let's add it yeah. all fucking day. Yeah, I, I don't care. I want it. I mean, but yeah, like people just they run into the little bit of adversity or you know just like a bump in the road and they're like, well, I guess it's just not meant to be. And that's just you know obviously you're, maybe it isn't if you don't love it as much as you want it, like you said. So yeah. I love that. And answer. that's totally okay. But at some point in our lives, we need to find something that we're worth sacrificing a lot to achieve. You know. Not everyone's going to want to be a professional sports player. Maybe someone wants to be an actor or, mm. you know, a, an astronaut or a doctor, whatever it is. And that's awesome because everyone has to find their niche in life and do what they enjoy. But when you get to those points, you're going to have to sacrifice a lot to be successful in that. Exactly. Once you find something worth sacrificing for, you know, just keep getting after it. Pucks in deep. Keep yeah. getting pucks in deep, man. <laughs> that's what it's all about. I, I love doing this. Like, this is, I don't even view it as work at all. I'll exactly. do it for free forever. Like it's, yeah. it's too fun hearing these stories, and we are doing it for now. Free, we're hearing your but... story and Olympic stories, so I mean, yeah, yeah, so it makes it definitely worth motivating. <clears throat> um, you got anything left, James? I mean, we got like the final, uh, you know, give us something to do question, and then the shout out question. Oh yeah, here's the here's the question. What's the worst drill to do in practice as a goalie? What's your most What's hated the worst dr- drill for you? <laughs> yeah, I'm sure you have a oh, lot. Oh god, <laughs> I don't even know. Is there any I, fun one? I, I got <laughs> maybe not a worse drill we did at Mercyhurst, but something happened with our uh, with like our air conditioning or something that pretty much keeps our rig from fogging up. <laughs> and it was also really hot outside, so it was so foggy on the rig. One, I couldn't see the other side of the ice, but if I stood on the blue line and looked at our goal line, I couldn't even see the net. Jeez. I couldn't even see the net, let alone like the puck. <laughs> and why was it so foggy? Because it was hot outside. Oh, it was just hot? Yeah, it was There's hot. There's no AC in there. Like, right? AC machine oh. that sucked out all the bad air was, like, broken. <laughs> and we're all dressed, and we're on the ice skating around, and we're sweating, and it's hot, so it's getting even worse. And I'm like, what the hell are we doing out here, man? Like, <laughs> I can't even see the net. How am I supposed to see the puck? Like, I'm going to get hurt. <laughs> just getting so ripped I went out to our assistant coach, and I'm like, guards, are we really going to practice right now? He was like, yeah, why? I was like, I can't even see the net. How do you expect me to see, let alone stop a puck? Yeah. He's like, well, it's going to get better. It's going to get better. It just got worse, and I was <laughs> so pissed off. Like, I was like, I'm not practicing. Like, this, this is not worth it. Oh, that's a great yeah, story. I'm glad I asked that question. Drill, but that was definitely the, the worst, worst practice this year. Like, And they ended up canceling it, thank God, because if not, like, I, someone would have died. Yeah. <laughs> I bet the players don't even want to shoot. Like, They just feel bad at that point. We were all just baffled, like, what are we doing out here? Guys that had bubbles, like, uh, yeah, good luck. <laughs> I bet the smell was just rough, too. <laughs> just getting yeah, more ranked it, by it the was, minute. It was a tough day, that's for sure. Yeah. Ooh, I got, I got one more question. Um, saw the sleeve on your arm on Instagram. Um, how many tattoos do you got, and how many more do you want? 
So right now I currently have two. I have a cross on my right arm, um, and it's a cross with letters or words in it. It says uh, faith, integrity, and character. Um, like I just think those are great words to live by, and as I mentioned before. I wouldn't say that I'm like a, a very strict Catholic. I don't go to church a whole lot, but mm-hmm. um, I do believe, and uh, I just think that faith, integrity, and character are three words to live by, and three things that I value a lot in my life. I think if you have those things, you can be trusted and, um, you know, go, go decently far in life. I think they're really important aspects to have. And then on my left arm, uh, the sleeve that you guys probably saw, that's actually mother Mary. Um, a little bit of a personal story I won't get into, but it's more for my mom. And then I plan on getting other Catholic saints for, um, people in my family. I'm going to get one for my brother. I'm going to get one for myself. Um, just kind of what they represent Absolutely. Uh, and how cool. they are, are related to people in my life. So I, I plan on getting a lot more. I'm going to finish up this sleeve on my left arm. I go all the way to the top. I'm thinking about getting a whole left leg sleeve. I just don't know what I will get yet. And then uh, me and Sean might actually get one together this summer. So there maybe by the next time you guys see me, I'll have a few more. There you go. Yeah, I like those. Just a fresh new look for Michigan Tech, too. You know? <laughs> Not how much to New year, new you. I like it. Yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, Gary, we usually let people plug whatever they want at the end of the show. Do you have anything you want to shout out? No, I think you guys already did it. The podcast, um, yeah. Shout out to Adversity University, if you guys haven't already. Oh, absolutely. Um, a great podcast about overcoming adversity and no matter what sport or profession they're in, I think it's applicable and relatable to everybody. And if you're looking for a little bit of inspiration, hop on there. We're on uh, Apple Podcasts and Spotify. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter. Um, so, yeah, just a shout-out to that. Damn right. And yeah, we'll plug it at the end too. But, uh, again, love what you're doing over there. And then last question I got to ask is, you know, we mentioned it before we started the pod. We're bored as shit. You know, what have you been doing since the pandemic just to, you know, not even keep you game day ready, just keep you sane uh, during these weird times here? So me and Sean have been really lucky because for like the last two months, my goalie coaches had private ice and black forest. So we've been skating uh, out there for a while. And then our rink here actually opened up. The gym for our rink opened up about a month ago. So we stopped doing home workouts and we've been back at the gym. That's good. And then we've been skating there with our college pro skate for like the last two weeks, I would say. Um, Staying ready. So obviously rules and states are way different, but we've actually been really busy. We both have jobs at the Home Depot, which, holy cow, is an absolute grind some days, but (laughs) it's a little bit of extra money, so we can't complain on that end. And then obviously running the podcast, so. We're literally busy 24-7. <laughs> well, thanks for taking the time to come on today. Yeah. My God. He's got a lot more on your yeah. plate than we no, do. <laughs> of course, we actually have a, a – today's our day off. We usually go boating, but the weather's dog shit, so we couldn't, couldn't go boating, so that sucks. Yeah. Well, we appreciate the bad weather then. Just to, you know, <laughs> yeah, no, it was, it was good timing. Perfect. Absolutely. Well, thank you for coming on on this week's podcast, and uh, yeah, we wish you the best of luck moving forward here. We'll stay in touch. Hopefully Michigan Tech, man. That's That would be sick, and uh, we'll definitely be there if, if it happens out. Yeah. Yeah, thanks for having me on. I really appreciate it. Like I said, if you guys are out out at Tech and things work out, just shoot me a message and we can link up. Absolutely. Will do. Love that, Garrett. Thanks again, man. And, uh, yeah, just stay safe. Keep grinding. Yeah, you guys as well. Love what you're doing. Thank you. Thanks, brother. Take care. Wow. Garrett Metcalf. I still have chills. Yeah. You? yeah it's, boy had stories. It's 90 degrees in here, but I got chills. Dude, boy had <laughs> stories. Cracked a, like a new – he's going to a new school. Hopefully, yeah. knock on wood. Like, didn't see Breaking that coming. News, just a little under the table. I mean, that was... How do you do? He had it all. There Even inspirational go. stories. The guy runs a podcast, so I should know that his storytelling is going to be there. Yeah, he knew how to talk. That's, yeah. That was evident. But, um, Boy backed everything up. Uh, I mean... God, that motivated me, man. Yeah. I mean, um, I still feel bad for his, like, five-year-old self or whatever. He said, like, he started getting actual pads at six. He was yeah, getting just, shot at with pillows from his older brother yeah. at a younger age. And, uh, yeah, that's why I can't be a goalie. I, there's no effing way. <laughs> I would take one and I'd cry and I'd have my dad beat up my brother. Yeah. I'd be like, no, what, this isn't happening. <laughs> He's taping pillows to me, sir. Like, get me the hell out of here. So, yeah, goalies are crazy. Uh, I like that he takes pride in not being too crazy. Mm-hmm. But uh, good for him and loved having him on. Uh, I mean, you knew he had a sense of humor, how he handled the penalty situation. Didn't know his dad was an NHL ref. 
um and he's professional still, i don't know what he was or, okay yeah still but like and still he's chirping refs <laughs> out there that is a great little tidbit of information too um yeah what, what, that was what top, a pod yeah that was one of the top ones for sure if not i feel like we haven't had a bad tendy pod we got to get more tendies man they're all crazy they I just can all... another one for two weeks from now but there we go i'm not gonna announce that right now but but is he our third we had uh swayman mittens and him right yep so that'd be, okay. that's, yeah. a, that's a good trio right that there. is that is we're getting the tendies in there they're interesting to interview i mean oh they've always got the funniest shit to say like yeah they're crazy yeah <laughs> good crazy I exactly mean, we're not normal by any stretch of the imagination so uh love talking to him and uh yeah tough year at mercyhurst but i mean he won the, the team mvp <laughs> by any stretch of imagination well we're not normal. Yeah. <laughs> hate to break it to you but uh that just hit me all right yeah but no yeah like tough year i mean Still team MVP, still has nothing but good <clears throat> things to say about his experience there, and hopefully, you know, have one more year. He should have another year eligible. I didn't even I think so. of that, like redshirting. Yeah. Like, uh, so I'm glad that I, like, kind of framed my questions like it was your final time at Mercyhurst, not your final time in college hockey, because mm-hmm. we really hope he can get one more season. And Michigan Tech's good, man. Absolutely. Like, that band atmosphere. That'd be sick. Yeah. We need to go there. He deserves one more. Good he just better not shot. shut up my beeves. I'll be pissed off if he oh, goes into the Michigan. You are thinking Dub Chow right now. I am thinking like, Dub Chow. And just, I was like, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> just when you think it couldn't get go, any harder for the beeves. We got to go to the Bemidji series that just to see you Absolute. squirm. Oh, God. <laughs> Hell yeah. Now I'm even more pumped. Yeah. So hopefully Michigan Tech works out. Um, any other ECH news? We got a break here. I mean, we got to talk about the, uh, you know, situation at large with how tough the last couple of weeks been. Um, just Yeah, obviously the toughest time in the country. Yeah, nobody's Maybe having ever. a good time out here. Um, still still just, <laughs> I mean, I don't know. You can, you can, you lead. <laughs> yeah, no, I think just, you know, being in Minneapolis too and living through it all and seeing it with our eyes is, yeah, has been. Um, I mean, eye-opening and. Eye-opening to say the least, but I just. Scary I, at times. To keep it short, we need change. We need it now. Yeah, and you know it's pretty cool seeing these athletes coming out and talking, right. um, unless you're Drew Brees. But um, hey, he's still going at it today, or was it yesterday? I mean, he he's kind of like gotten better. But yeah, I mean, I mean, we don't we all need to be on the same page here and just exactly yeah, it's they figure it out and unity. You know, everyone come together. We have the same goal. Of, you know, we gotta fucking end race racism. Like it's just not. It, it's sickening, and I just hope it it needs to be out of everywhere. But especially hockey, like I've uh, those stories. Yeah. I like that Spit and Chicklets did a podcast dedicated yeah. strictly so to sh- it. Shout uh, out to them. Shout out to Spit and Chicklets. Listen, listen to their most recent pod. I don't know if they posted one since, but uh, it was about you know twenty to thirty minutes of all their own experiences, how they you know feel about, especially coming from a hockey background. Yeah, you know how it uh, has it's very not obviously really affected it's... them, but how they can see. Yeah, looking at it from a different lens now that uh, you know obviously it's something times that needs have changed change, and yeah, and it's, it's, it's now. It's progressing in that direction, but it needs to get there faster. So it's more, I mean, just what I can, we're two white guys. Yeah. But uh, just, you know, you see something, you you know what's right, you know, like you got to stand. It's not enough to not be racist. You have to stand up and shut down racism that you're seeing around you. Exactly. And it's going to be, you know, again, not easy, but. Yeah. A lot diversity. easier said than done. Yeah. And uh, I mean, that's like, but that as white people. It should be easy though. Like just. It, exactly. It's an easy stop. It's, it gets easier the more you do it. Yeah. So, but to to get everyone on the same page, I mean, is is hard. But exactly, fight fight <laughs> for what you believe in. You know, we're I mean, we got guys on the ECH team that have been at the rallies, uh, you know, peacefully, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, just um, I mean, Miles just taking pictures of all all those pictures he sent. Down. Yeah. Our our camera guy Miles York, one of the best in the biz, is the best in the biz. <clears throat> oh yes. Okay, my bad. Is the best in the biz. He yep. is a beauty. Um, and just uh, so, yeah, we, we feel for all the protesters down there and just uh, the world at large here uh, going through some, some serious shit. But we had to touch on it. Um, I mean, it's been a weird week just posting stuff because I just feel. Yeah, I didn't want to post. Obviously, it's a, you know, I think I, I listened to Portnoy talk and he's like, you know what? Yeah, it's tough to post right now, but people need a, good, a positive, you know, distraction. Yeah, you need a good outlet. A good laugh and just to get away and yeah. like, rethink. You can't just be negative all the time and. But I think we'll, still, we'll get through this, though. <clears throat> yeah, and I like that's another thing. Uh, Wit said on the Spit and Chicklets pod is that you know there's a there's a lot more good in the world than bad. Yeah, and like right now it's all and the media and the media just yeah that's all they bad. that's how they get clicks. You know, mm-hmm. there it's every single time a police officer is effed up. It's every yeah. single time a rider is effed up, and know, it just feels the world in the worst way. Yeah, so you know, just know that there is good in the world. That's what we're trying to do is put out more, just to you know, <clears throat> good distractions for you guys. Um, 
but you know it's it's obviously a tough time and we're just uh we're gonna get through it together hopefully i mean college hockey is another great distraction hopefully they can get back yep. up and running hopefully we get through covid too i mean it's yeah exactly and then we still got <laughs> god don't remind me of the coronavirus now man that's, that's I mean, another thing we're gonna make it through puck will be back and when it comes back i was talking to my buddy the other day, yesterday and he's like man when sports come back they're gonna be insane yeah everything's gonna be sold out oh and another thing that brings people together like we've had no- mm-hmm. sports fans have been right. going crazy for two months now and then we got <clears> just i mean freaking racism at its core is coming back too it's like come on <laughs> yep we need something to bring us all together and uh sports is, is great at doing that so need it back need it now need michigan tech to sign our boy and uh it's good to hear that he's on the ice time. though and yeah Mc, like mcmanus Mc, Mc, snapped me yesterday and said he was on the ice with the guys Ooh. so i mean pucks the boys are back. yeah the pucks oh. are getting in deep again and that's god i just love hearing that <laughs> bringing it around the boards you know banging bodies getting get guys in front oh yep that's what it's all about. I did order a customized Scott Perunovich jersey the other day. I do have another. I ordered a shirt from our guy, Patty Shea. Ooh. Yeah, that's coming. I'm going to a little. What's it say? Is it Shea like... hydrated. Oh, oh yeah. Slogan. Yeah. No free ads, but for Patty. No, I'm putting it on the story. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> hey, you come on the pod. You know what? Dude, he's been putting out a lot yeah, more good things coming. YouTube videos, too. I noticed. Like, he's Absolutely. He's been going to work. I mean, obviously. He's grinding. And uh, maybe we should get him to work for our YouTube team. That'd be great. I don't know if we're gonna afford our boy Pat, but because he's he's he went away from the no free. I mean, he's not a college player anymore, so now it's it's about getting them stacks. Yeah, we can get those stacks with us. Yeah, true. We need help, Pat. Help us out, buddy. Play the nastiest atmosphere in college hockey. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm sure he talk some goals and. Do, do they sell what? drinks at the Alphon? Because he would drink for free. <laughs> That'd be sick. Him and can you imagine him and Swayman just go chill out, watch a game there? God, they get swarmed. Oh my, yeah, Jeez. I mean. It would be bad. They need security team, the yeah. whole nine. It's two numbers they might have to retire one day. Oh, absolutely. I think they're already in the rafters. <laughs> if, if, if not, they should Already? Be. The season just ended. <laughs> yeah, they, they work quick over there in Maine. You don't know that? <clears throat> no Black Bears do it. But, uh, yeah, I mean. As far as other news, I mean, not not much else. Still you know, pe- NHL training now. Again, back on the ice, getting there. Yeah. So, well, the NHL playoffs back, and uh, I want to see some college hockey guys up other than that. No new news. No new news. Well, um, I'm trying to think of just you know what? college hockey, Long Island. No, we have yep, Long Island. Coach. Uh, they have a lot of commits coming in now. Um, so that's good. Like, it looks like their team's actually going to be running. We still don't know if they're – I mean, I'm guessing they're going to be independent, like Arizona State. Um, but we still haven't heard if they're committed to a conference or not. I think they will be independent, yeah. That would be my best. Independent or Atlantic, maybe. I don't know. But Atlantic is would have would be odd then numbers i don't know i don't know i don't know on my butt but uh yeah they did get a coach that is a fact <coughs> yeah brett riley stepping in behind the bench Good old for the sharks riley. yep he's a, i think he's the youngest coach i saw too is he only like 37 or yeah something? he looks pretty young yeah mm-hmm. young whippersnapper out there uh so he's gonna know how to get pucks in deep that's a good thing yeah i mean that's uh, that's that's their training these days mm-hmm. send them in deep 40 second shifts you know the drill uh so happy for the sharks over there they still haven't shown us any love at all uh <laughs> Hopefully they realize this ain't a game, okay? You're going to want some ECH coverage, but, uh, you know, we're, we're still getting them the coverage. Maybe they're not a pucks now. and deep team. Maybe they just like to go off sides. I guess. May, they're, they're fancy, you mm. know? They're trying to go coast to coast. That's not going to work <laughs> in college hockey. Not for them sharks, but uh, they'll find that out. They'll find that out the hard way. But happy they got a coach getting some commits. That's big. Uh, Huntsville starting to get commits back now. They're saved. Yeah. Did we talk about that last spot or no? We have not talked about that, and that's something that, wild. That's the biggest news. That, then, uh, yeah, Huntsville program's back for at least this year. I think they need funding for the next uh, five years, they said, like to make them a stable team. Mm-hmm. Like they're not going anywhere. But, I mean, we got at least one more year. They did lose their head coach, and I'm thinking about it too, um, or the head coach from last season at mm-hmm. least. I think their assistant's probably being promoted or something. Uh, but, yeah, they're still getting new commits, like I saw a few yesterday even. Uh, so Huntsville, the Chargers will be back. I know that's even worse news for your beeves. <laughs> charge up baby just leave you alone man it's a tough day <laughs> it tough is a very day tough right day now. but now we can go to bama uh roll tide looking forward to that <laughs> trip uh glad to see i mean Huntsville, the whole hockey community really yeah. came together i mean like even all the way up to patrick kane was tweeting about it to help him out get that i mean like yeah the, that was pretty cool spin check let's everyone was doing their part yeah and just like the, the main guys that were running it uh you know from the, the save uah uh, yeah alumni and guys and that, like video editors like all uh, stepping yeah. up like you know yeah right Huntsville's played this big part in my life. You know, I can't kids see this commented on our going. post after we put that promotional post up. Yeah. St. Huntsville, like, 
got me into hockey. You know, that's what it's about. So yeah, they're going, keep growing it. Going nuts. Like, you think they don't have a big fan base? Well, they have the craziest fan base though, because <laughs> they raised over $500,000 in, like, what, a week, two weeks? It was, like, yeah, four days. It was dumb. Just nuts. And, like, constantly <laughs> tweeting at people, like, hey, like, just, I saw every celebrity, on, like, under the sun was being mm-hmm. tagged. Like, you <laughs> want to tweet sun. something here, buddy? Like, like, George Clooney, I think they even tweeted. But they're like, <laughs> They did not waste any time, uh, you know, reaching out to everybody, and it, it paid off. So happy to see it. That's that's a good note to end the pod on. Yep. College hockey's back. It is technically growing. We're up to 61 teams now. Chargers are going to run the dub chow. See you, Beavers. Fuck and uh, you. looking forward to all of it next season. But, uh, yeah, everybody, you know, just stay safe. Freaking love one another out here. That's a wrap. And uh, we'll see you next week. DJ, hit us up.